0: This is KZYX, Philo, 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah, 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. We also stream live at kzyx.org, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, listener-supported community radio. Today we're broadcasting live from the Carnegie Library studio in Willits, California, and we've got the Farm and Garden show up next. And this is your host, Ruthie King. Uh, We're here with the Farm and Garden Show this month, February. Um, It's the first day of February, and power is starting to come back on for a lot of us here. Um, We were out of power uh, for five days at Ridgewood Ranch, where I live, and um, out of cell phone service for a few of those days. So it was a pretty powerful storm. Um, And I know that there are a lot of farmers out there who've been impacted by it. Um, There's a large greenhouse at the at the ranch that came down from the weight of the snow and so many oak trees and limbs down on fences um if you find yourself with um some kind of damage or emergency like that uh you can always check with the good farm fund they've got an emergency fund um good fun- farm dot um has been known to help farmers who have um kind of disasters and emergencies happen and i know that that storm really did a lot um did a lot of damage out there. So if you're in that category, check in with the Good Farm Fund and hope everyone's recovering well. Today, we're going to be talking about sustainable ag conservation in, um, sustainable ag land conservation in Mendocino County. We've got a great panel today and um, we've got a few workshops coming up that we'll announce along with this show, but before that, I want to just give us a couple of events that are um, going on this month that are relevant to farm and garden listeners. So we've got the seed sharing series that was announced just before this show, and um, this is a series that is designed to help seed keep heirloom seeds in gardens and on our tables. So um, one of these already happened, and the next three February 5th is the next one in Covelo Round Valley at the farmers market. February 5th from 12 to 3. It's a great time to come and sh- share your seeds with other local gardeners and growers and pick up seeds for your own garden. February 7th from 1 to 5 at the Redwood Valley Grange and February 20th from 12 to 3 at the Little Lake Grange in Willits. It's the time to start thinking about starting, um, starting your garden. I know it's cold and wet and dark still, but it's time to think about it. So um, Anderson Valley... Food um, AV Village, and AV Unity Garden are jointly hosting a Zoom workshop on starting vegetables from seed. This is a one-hour workshop. It'll begin with two short videos of local seed starters demonstrating how to start seeds in the ground and in a greenhouse. Seed resources will be shared, followed by a three-person panel to answer questions from workshop participants. This is a great chance to learn from local, experienced gardeners. It's on February 7th from 4 to 5 p.m. It's on Zoom, so you can... Tune in anywhere, and um, the event I'm looking at has a link for registering, and it's on the KZYX community calendar. So if you get on that kzyx.org community calendar and you head over to February 7th, you can find the link to this workshop 4 to 5 p.m. on February 7th. And the last event that I thought was really an interesting um, connection between the wild lands here and our agricultural lands is put on by the Mendocino Coast Audubon Society. And this is a presentation about managing breeding waterfowl on a landscape dominated by agriculture. This is also a Zoom meeting, a Zoom workshop on February 22nd, February 22nd from 7 to 9 p.m. You can get the um you can get your registration link at the Mendocino Coast Audubon website. That's mendocinocoastaudubon.org. There's going to be a speaker um, talking a lot about all of the California Waterfowl Association work and especially how our agricultural lands are um, often hosts to these locally breeding species of mallards and gadwall and cinnamon teal, wood duck, and... Um, so those are the events that I've got to announce this month, and I think we'll launch right into our show. I've got three guests today, and um, let's see, I'm going to just start and tell you, we've got Barbara Goodell, she's retired, as a, she was a teacher and curriculum writer, helping with the Secrets of Salsa Cookbook Project. Barbara is a dedicated 30-year board member of Anderson Valley Land Trust, and is active in the Anderson Valley Foodshed and other community activities. Barbara, are you there? Welcome to the show. um, Let's see if we can get Barbara on here. All right, well, we'll get right in with Alan. I know Alan's here. So Alan has been on the board of directors of the Inland Mendocino County Land Trust since 2004. He's been involved in land conservation for over 40 years. Among other endeavors, he has worked to draft county mitigation fee exchanges for development and to support land use planning policy for cities and counties. Alan is currently the president of the IMCLT and Alan is on the show with us today. Thanks for joining us, Alan.
1: Good morning,
2: thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, of course, and I think Barbara's here now too. I am, I think. All right, yep, we can hear you. And um, we also have Katie Brantley. And Katie, I'm gonna ask you to introduce yourself.
3: Hi, Ruthie. Thanks so much for having us. Um, My name is Katie Brantley. I'm the soils program manager for Mendocino County Resource Conservation District, and uh, happy to to be here to share a lot about what uh, we're doing these days.
0: That's great. Yeah, and we're happy to have you working with us in the county. Um, Barbara and Alan have been doing this for many, many decades here, and so we've got just years of experience with Mendocino County land. And um, so, Barbara, if you could give us a... A short background, um, kind of maybe take us back to 2015 when this project all started.
2: So the RCD wrote a grant um, to get um, money to explore in in Mendocino County which agricultural lands were the most important to preserve and to map those lands and uh, that was a really successful project. And when that ended two years later, uh, we formed uh, a group in Mendocino County of County Supervisors, the Farm Bureau, Ag Commissioner, of course, the RCD, the NCRCS, and uh, got together and said, okay, we've got all this information, what are we going to do with it? And so we ended up uh, applying for a second planning grant from the same, from the, um, Climate Action Growth. I'm I'm not sure about the uh, exact name, and uh, the Salt the Sustainable Agricultural Lands Project, and uh, got a grant to. Now that we have that mapping, to update it and to designate different properties that would be specifically targeted for grants to get conservation easements, and also to influence the the council, uh, the supervisors, and all the different planning groups to take into consideration agricultural lands in terms of development. And Katie can talk a little bit more, too, about how we're promoting climate beneficial practices through workshops, etc.
0: Great. Yeah, that's a good background of how we got to this place, and we'll talk about climate beneficial practices in just a moment, but I want to make sure that we cover some of the um, Maybe define some of the terms that we're going to be using in this show and and Alan, could you give us um, could you give us uh, some definitions that will be helpful for us like um, we already heard Barbara mention um, easements, conservation easements and um, and can you talk to us about what that what the work is that you've been doing for your 40 years of work in land conservation? Um, uh, what are some of the terms that we should know our listeners should know for this show?
1: Great thank you. Um, uh, Conservation easements are a a wonderful vehicle for landowners to uh, conserve their land and um, there's many ways to do it. It allows landowners to uh, preserve their land, pass it on to future generations of family or it can be sold and the restrictions are uh, in perpetuity and can be uh, uh, shaped and and uh, composed to um, meet the concerns of the landowner. Uh, and the land trusts are a second party to the deed. Uh, the land trusts hold a, uh, a conservation easement deed, and the landowner, has the the deed to the land which can be passed on or sold. But the land trusts are uh, uh, responsible for monitoring and making sure that the land is conserved in accord with the conservation easement deed. So that is uh, conservation easements in a nutshell. Uh, There's uh, funding mechanisms to uh, help pay for um, conservation easement deeds uh, our land trust um, is a volunteer uh, group uh, publicly supported nonprofit group that uh, uh, primarily receives donations for uh conservation easements and um, uh, it used to be that there were funding mechanisms from the state grants for purchasing conservation easements that were uh, primarily funded for preserving land uh, because of development if uh, properties and uh, ranches open space were under threat of development it was pretty easy to get funding for uh, conservation easements. The Central Valley has been, uh, uh, it loses about 30,000 acres a year of uh, productive ag land. So the state is really concerned with that, but uh, now uh, uh, greenhouse gases and um, uh, what's the word, uh, greenhouse gases and, and uh, uh, carbon sequestration have become much more important global concern. So the state is now trying to fund land to keep it in uh, productive ag or open space to uh, be a carbon sequestration vehicle for saving the planet and uh, so there's this is where the emphasis has changed um the sustainable agland committee which is uh as barbara mentioned a a committee of the resource conservation district office which is a uh uh county uh office of uh, sustainable Aglands, lands and it, it oversees uh, conservation efforts in forestry uh, open space uh, riparian corridors uh, riparian habitat uh, um, and this is a, a, they received a grant from the state to Uh, State Department of Conservation to uh, follow through for uh, their original grant, which was for research. And this grant that we're involved in is uh, primarily uh, education, uh, research also, uh, public education, and uh, trying to promote uh, land conservation values in our county. That's
0: helpful, thank you. So, I um, in looking at the report that was generated from from that original research grant that you guys were talking about, there's just a lot of really interesting information that was discovered about Mendocino County land, and um, and so I'm going to read a, a portion of it, and and I think that can lead us into into this next part of the conversation. So. Um, Yeah, so Mendocino County planning for agricultural lands lags far behind that of the more populated regions to the south, yet the county has prime agricultural resources that thus far have been relatively unimpacted by development pressures. This situation is changing rapidly. In the Ukiah Valley area, undeveloped land with residential zoning to accommodate increased population is limited, and the area within the city of Ukiah limits is approaching build-out. Similarly, housing shortages in the Anderson Valley have co- have moved county planners to consider future subdivision of large agricultural parcels. A proposed water project would also allow for buildout within the community of Boonville. Um, so here we're talking about a county that, you know, ha- is has been largely agricultural and rural, and that there are a few a few scattered communities. there are four incorporated cities. And a few rural communities that are dispersed along the ocean, um, and so as as these population centers are starting to um, are starting to grow and develop, the pressure on the ag land to to transition from ag land to development is getting becoming greater and greater. So so what I heard you say, Alan, was that there's a push for education, and I'm assuming you mean for landowners. Um yes correct. Yeah, so so what so we, we we have all these landowners who own agricultural land and then there's also this pressure for development on that agricultural land. So, um so now that this report and now that this report and research has been done, what um what are the next steps that the land trusts are taking and that the RCD is taking? Um let's start with we'll start with Barbara. Um to give us an idea of what what we're doing now that we've now that we've done this research and we have this information
2: um i think the there's further mapping to identify which parcels might be the most important to preserve but i think it's also important to say that um nationwide not just in mendocino county that farmers are aging and um even though they'll probably work to the end of their lives that within the next 10 years something like 80% of the farmland will change hands and so uh, part of the land trust's work is to be able to uh, be an intermediary in the process of that happening so who inherits the land could also have the opportunity to do agriculture and uh, and, and keep the land in ag and so there's there are designations like prime ag- agricultural lands which we, we would look at first and also that a conservation easement You know, what is conservation? Well, it's sort of in the eyes of the landowner and the land trust uh, to decide. Maybe it's not subdividing it. Maybe it's protecting the uh, riparian areas or the wildlife, or it doesn't mean that there's no development on the land because there could be farm worker housing. There could be um, plants to process whatever they're um, growing. And so it's between the land trust and landowner to decide. And if there sometimes are tax benefits for the landowner uh, who does it as a voluntary easement as opposed to being paid for it. So it's a complicated process, but I think it's one that um, it's really worthwhile looking into to to have the land um, go on. It, it, with, with the work you've put into it, to have that vision be able to be perpetuated.
0: Great. Thank you. And, and Katie, I'll bring you up now. Um, and we'll, we'll talk with Katie for just a moment about what RCD, what the Mendocino Resource Conservation District is doing um, with this information and with all this research. And then um, we'll take a short break and I will send out another link to my guests. Um, And you'll have to go and open another link for us to continue the conversation after our break. So, Katie, um, if you could talk to us about what RCD is doing with this information. Sure.
3: So, like Barbara and Owen said, our current effort is through funding from the California Climate Investments. Thanks to Department of Conservation and Strategic Growth Council, we were awarded uh, funding to continue this effort. And in that um, strategy report, it was identified, kind of paired the farmland of importance and uh, the farmland at risk. uh, As you mentioned, kind of in the, the sprawl from some of our cities and towns in our county. And we're, First of all, trying to get some really good mapping for that to build off of the existing mapping that we have and partner with the county to have a web portal that's very accessible for anyone to use. And um, hopefully have a lot more, um, you know, your parcel information, your um, at-risk for development parcels identified and also your prime ag land, farmland of importance, a lot of these designations that come from the Department of Conservation, um, that will all be in that interactive web portal. So we're excited to release that um, through this this funding opportunity. But some of the other things that we found were important to build on were um, helping influence a future climate action plan for our county. And um, so we're trying to work with some consultants to figure out some baseline emissions from particularly the agricultural sector and take into consideration all the great things our ag community is, is already doing for land conservation and incorporate those and then see if as a whole county we could build off those and suggest some, some other priorities for reducing greenhouse gas emissions and increasing carbon sequestration in our ag land and then provide that information to the county as a, a way to start the start and continue conversations about how important it is to to keep this agland um from being developed and and having concrete (laughs) put on it it has such a important purpose um as agland or as um you know natural or working landscapes um, that, that soil serves an incredible <laughs> an incredible resource for carbon sequestration. So that's part of our um, demonstration through this grant. And we're, it's something that the RCD is very passionate about um, in our soils program, especially is um, soil, soil health, um, carbon farming. Um, there was a, a really great article recently in the Word of Mouth magazine about all the carbon farming efforts throughout our county. And we have a carbon farm planning program now and, and we're helping farmers identify a lot of practices on their, their lands that do sequester carbon and, and opportunities for increasing that. So that's another component of this grant as well. We're, we're trying to continue that conversation and have some, some workshops coming up that, that we'll probably mention a little later um, where we'll be talking about that. Um, but we really want to have this conversation on a countywide level with not just our ag, our ag landowners, land managers, but also our, our leaders in the county too. So we're trying to bring all of those together.
0: Thanks, Katie. Um, so you know, as we've all learned during this uh, pandemic, there are limitations to the technology we use, and it looks like Zoom is going to um, kick us out of this meeting in just a moment, so I'm going to close this meeting and send you all a link to a new meeting, and so we'll take a quick break, and um, and all my guests, if you can just hop over and click on the next link, uh, we'll continue this conversation. Here we go. And I will remind our listeners, we're listening to KZYX, Philo, 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits, and Ukiah, 91.5 FM, and Fort Braggett 88.1 FM. This is the Farm and Garden Show. We're talking about sustainable ag conservation, sustainable ag land conservation. And um, we have a great panel of guests on today. So I'm just going to send them this new link and we'll continue this conversation. And um, while we're waiting for them to arrive, I will announce um, one of the next workshops that will be hosted um, is going to be concerning the Williamson Act. And so we'll be talking about that as our guests come back in. But the Sustainable Ag Lands Conservation Committee is offering two opportunities for members of our community to learn more about the California Land Conservation Act. And it's more commonly known as the Williamson Act. So February 10th is the next workshop. Um, February 10th from 9 to 10.30 a.m. This workshop is called What is the Williamson Act and What is Required to Participate? So... Um, this workshop will feature members of the Farm Bureau, Mendocino County Building and Planning Planning and Building Services, and um, the Mendocino County Assessor Clerk Office. So, all talking about the Williamson Act. The next um, this is a two part series on the Williamson Act. So, the next workshop is February twenty fourth from nine to ten thirty a.m. and it's it's titled. Already enrolled in the Williamson Act, how to amend an existing contract, what is required for continued compliance, and what are the ramifications of contract cancellation. So as we bring our guests back on, let's see. Um, Alan, could you, oh, there we go. And we've got Katie back and Alan back. So Alan, could you, I just announced the Williamson Act workshops coming up. Um, for our listeners who aren't familiar with the Williamson Act, can you describe what that is and how that's used as as an avenue for land conservation?
1: Um, I just came back. Um, oh, did you miss that my little intro I'm, there? I missed the introduction. Oh, sure. I, I can talk a little bit about Williamson Act. Great. Um, uh, the Williamson Act is a a uh, state program um, that uh, gives farmers ranchers um, an opportunity to uh, save on their their tax responsibilities uh, if their land is uh, actively in uh, agricultural and uh, ranching uh, activities uh there's minimum requirements uh it's not just that anybody with property zone for ag or ranch land can uh take advantage of this but the county offers uh, a uh, uh, discount or uh, uh, f- well a discount for um Tax dollars. So if if you meet the requirements of the Williamson Act, uh, you can uh, take up to 50% off of your tax burden. And this is uh, a state incentive to help keep um, uh, ranch lands in uh, production. Uh, It's been a a very important uh, vehicle for land conservation and. Uh, conservation of of active uh, ranching. So um, it involves uh, uh, many county agencies, the uh, assessor's office, the planning office. uh, um, And uh, so with an application, uh landowners are are given a a tax break and along with the williamson act uh, conservation easements also hold the potential for uh, uh, tax relief because both of these limit the amount of uh, uh, sales and limit the amount of uh, development potential for properties uh, uh, conservation easements are in perpetuity and the williamson act is uh, has very rigid guidelines but it uh, can be uh, phased out if a landowner wanted to uh, say develop or subdivide um, it has it used to be a 10-year period where you had to phase it out gradually. Now it's, I believe it's nine years. And um, so this is the essence of uh, what these two conservation vehicles are.
0: Okay. Yeah, so we're talking about different protection programs for farmland and the Williamson Act is one one vehicle that that is designed to help incentivize landowners in keeping their land in ag. We've talked about agriculture conservation easement programs. Another, another program that is designed to help keep land in agriculture, um, and a piece of it that um, that we've started talking about that I, I find really fascinating, you know, is it used to be that agricultural easements and and agricultural conservation was about, you know, the sense that. Agricultural land is good and that it's, you know, that it's just an inherent value that we have to preserve agricultural land. And more and more research is showing that that sustainable agriculture actually helps to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, um, and sequester carbon. And so it seems like that's another added tool to the toolbox of reasons why ag land is important and reasons why we should be conserving it. Um, so that piece of this study, Seems like a really important one, especially in, in gathering funding from the state um, for doing this kind of work. And so, Katie, the um, linking the agricultural management practices to greenhouse gas reduction. Um, can you talk about how wh- what you've seen in Mendocino County specifically um, for ways that people are uh, us- utilizing their ag land to to offset climate change?
3: Right. Yeah. So, we work really closely with the USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service, NRCS, and focus on, on quite a few of their um, conservation practice standards that they use um, through their one of their f- um, funding arms, um, but there's a really neat tool online that I'd encourage everyone to check out. It's called Comet Planner, C-O-M-E-T, Planner, and it identifies various practices that you can utilize on your agricultural land that do actually sequester carbon. Um, This is utilizing more of a a low-till or no-till practice, um, uh, having cover crops on your property, you're doing a multi-story cropping approach you're having a lower crop with maybe an orchard above um, mulching, applying compost there's a lot, a lot of these practices they all actually you can input your acreage that you're implementing these practices and actually comes up with um, a carbon dioxide equivalent value of your greenhouse gas emissions um, by implementing these. so that's really a, a concrete way to say you know what is my impact right there by, by what I'm doing on my property? Um, So we utilize that a lot, actually, um, in our planning efforts and then also just a a good demonstration for what could be.
0: Great. Yeah, that's an awesome tool. I've used it before and and it is really user friendly and easy. And and it's a good way of seeing the land that we're working as um, as really essential in in mitigating climate change. And so that to me seems like a really important tool. Uh, or important important information to be able to share about the um, about land conservation, agricultural land conservation. And um, before this show, Barbara and I were talking about the mapping projects and sort of looking at. I'm looking through this document at the maps that were created of Ukiah Valley, and I know Anderson Valley was looked at as well. Barbara, can you talk to us about the the land that um, the land in Ukiah Valley that is at risk of being developed, and kind of what that what what we're going to be looking at in the future for um ukiah valley and anderson valley
2: well i think maybe the pandemic has taught us some lessons um in terms of local food and the benefits of local food production so we're hoping that you know people will realize the importance of growing their food locally And um, I can't really speak so much for the Ukiah Valley because I'm not um, as familiar with it, but I do know that Mendocino Land Trust uh, received two uh, Salk grants, I think, two years ago to um, protect uh, Dark Horse Ranch and another agricultural land right near Ukiah. And so some uh, of the... uh, money from this program has gone into the ukiah valley and anderson valley is trying to target we have one or two uh large farms here that we're looking at to perhaps apply for a grant um, to protect them so um you know the the uh the farmers and ranchers have to be agreeable and i might say it's not only farming it's also ranching And there's different um, criteria for the ranching land. It doesn't have to be as prime as soil for ranching land. But you have to have really good practices with your livestock raising, too, to qualify. And you have to agree to maintain that if you get the grant. So we're looking to identify and be able to apply for a grant that would cover the cost of a conservation easement and pay the landowners for the rights that they're giving up, such as land subdivision or overgrazing or whatever.
0: Hmm. And Alan, are you are you perhaps more familiar with the Ukiah Valley?
1: Um, there are a number of uh, conservation easements in uh, Ukiah Valley. Uh, Barbara mentioned uh, uh, Dark Horse Ranch and uh, Paul Dolan. Who owns uh, Dark Horse Ranch has been very supportive and very progressive in his uh, uh, efforts to preserve and conserve ranch lands and and vineyard land. Uh, uh, They also put 120 acres uh, on Lovers Lane, which has uh, long been a, a controversial area. In the Ukiah Valley. Uh, they recently put this into a conservation easement to protect it in perpetuity. And this uh, has inspired other landowners near there to uh, consider putting their land into the conservation easements. And uh, some are actively pursuing this. So um, I think it's sort of a uh, uh, progressive, uh, um, domino effect that, uh, in the past development has been a domino effect. And if one person does it, then another one becomes emboldened and sees the short term profits in, uh, uh, rezoning property for development out of, uh, ag lands. So it, it, uh, it can also work the other way, and it and it appears to be doing that uh, in Ukiah Valley and also uh, Anderson Valley is also a good example. There are um, part of what makes it uh, so beautiful and attractive to people is the open space and ag lands. Uh, the hills are uh, oak woodlands and and forest lands. Uh, And the bottomlands are primarily ag so uh, with the threat of development from uh, the south and from the east uh, these lands are are going to become increasingly uh, uh, sought after for development and uh, it's our hope uh, with both the department of agriculture at the county the uh, Sustainable Ag Lands Committee, the Resource Conservation District Office, the Land Trusts all to uh, promote and encourage and educate landowners in the benefits of uh, preservation and conservation.
0: And so, I'll ask this question to to all any of you, but um, what what are the barriers then to participating in in the agricultural preservation? What is keeping landowners from um, putting their land into conservation easements?
2: Um, In Anderson Valley, um, one landowner was concerned that there would be then government control of their land. Which is exactly the opposite of a conservation easement. A conservation easement is is expressing the landowner's wishes, um, and the government then only will um, uphold that and by the laws, uh, but it won't impose any other rules on it other than what everybody has to follow. Um, And the other landowner, I think, was hesitant to do it because they weren't sure financially whether they would want to take their land out of agriculture. I mean, excuse me, whether they would not want to take it out, some of it, out of agriculture for development because it's really prime land very close to Boonville. So um, I think that, you know, the people have to really look at their future and see what their vision is for the land and if the farmers and ranchers wanted to continue in farming and ranch land they probably would really benefit from a conservation easement
1: i'd like to uh, jump in here for just a second Uh, the land trusts in in previous years have had meetings with uh, a lot of the large land holders in Ukiah Valley. And uh, one of the main obstacles for current landowners is uh, uh, they purchased the land or inherited the land from their family. And uh, this younger generation uh, isn't so sure that uh, farming is is the profession they want to pursue. Uh, many of them have gone off, many of the younger people have gone off to universities and uh, gotten education elsewhere and may not be interested in returning to rural Mendocino County or uh, may want to uh, take the assets out of that property and do something else with it, seeing a higher return. So uh, with the older generation of uh landholders uh uh although they they believe strongly in conserving land and um, believe that uh ag and ranch land uh interests are a benefit to society and our culture and of uh, economic uh earning it it may not be uh Compatible with their uh, children, so as as children uh, uh, grow older, have families. Uh, a lot of the single family landowners uh, find themselves in a bind of trying to please their children and trying to please their uh, uh, attitudes about the things they have put their life into. So it's it's a uh, as barbara mentioned early on it's a uh conflict between um tradition and uh future livelihoods
0: i think that's a great a great point and you know speaks to the larger trends that we're seeing nationally of farmers aging and and not a lot of young people stepping up to um to take on that work um and so I've seen, I've seen examples in other areas of land trusts helping to increase access and having that be a part of the work that land trusts do can, I, I, could, I could understand from the perspective of being a landowner and having children that don't want to become farmers that it would be, um, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't serve your children well to turn it, to keep it in ag if they don't want to be in ag. Um, but there are other people. I mean, I'm a, I'm a farmer who's not a landowner and there are, there are others like me. Most of the next generation of farmers are not landowners. And so, how, how have you seen, um, connections between conservation easements and, and increasing land access, um, in other places or, or in our own county?
2: I think FarmLink is doing some great work on that. They have several different aspects of, of their programs, but one is that they try to connect young farmers with agricultural land that they can work and they have um, a links on their website uh, to be able to do that. And they also um, try to help farmers uh, find they, they do both sides, the farmer connecting with the young farmer and vice versa, so that it might be that when they stop farming that the person, not their heir, but they can keep their land in agriculture because the young farmer has taken over the work uh, of it and maybe not take over the land, but at least the responsibility for farming on it
0: are you are any of you familiar with the work in sonoma county um with the land trust and conservation easements there for increasing access to agricultural land
2: in what respect
0: well maybe this is a topic for another show and something that I should do a little more research about but um is there are there examples or is it possible for land trusts to um You know to to identify prime ag land and take on ownership of that ag land in perpetuity so that it can be leased out to leased out to farmers and that perhaps maybe the ownership being private ownership um is you know is part of what's preventing that land from staying in agriculture
1: uh i could speak a little bit to this the sonoma county open space district is an uh, organization that was funded with tax dollars from the public. Uh, there's a, a quarter cent tax on every dollar people spend in Sonoma County that goes to support uh, the Sonoma County Open Space District, and the Open Space District um, it is under a 25-year uh, program when it has to be reapproved by the citizens. And it has gone through uh, one of these cycles, so it was uh, deemed beneficial to uh, the county to uh, preserve open space, ag lands, forest land, uh, riparian corridors, and create uh, uh, primarily uh, green uh, greenways between communities, so that uh, Sonoma County can maintain a rural ag oriented uh, uh, functioning and appearance Uh, so when the open space district either uh, works with landowner they identify uh, 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 most at-risk properties they have a master plan and they uh, work with landowners to uh, put land these uh, at-risk lands into conservation easements. They also outright purchase lands from farmers that uh, aren't interested in uh, preserving their land, but are in one of these greenbelt areas. And uh, they uh, then become managers of this property and lease it out to farmers, uh, ranchers, and people who will utilize it And uh, it's a very successful program. I've always wanted Mendocino County to adopt a similar program. And the (laughs) Sustainable Ag Lands Committee is working to, uh, I would say, slowly uh, adopt some of these uh, uh, master plan ideals in their uh, mapping program Uh, The Inland Mendocino County Land Trust did a a pretty extensive study of uh, riparian corridors in the Russian River River, um, flood uh, uh, district, yeah, the Russian River uh, water, uh, what's the name? All the, all the Russian River flows into a uh, watershed. There we go. I'm sorry about that. So the Russian River watershed has a number of extremely at-risk uh, repairing corridors for fish and wildlife that have uh, been polluted or at risk from uh, uh, poor farming practices and development. So uh, these are all incremental uh Exercises in trying to identify risks to our future generations from uh, misused land and help educate people to uh, use better farming practices.
0: Thank you, Alan. that That was that was helpful, and I uh, I knew I had some idea of what was happening in Sonoma County, but that's that was. A great synopsis of what they're doing and it sounds like it's funded by taxes and so that would be a that would be something for mendocino county to consider um and so in our last 10 minutes of this show i'd like to um focus a little more on the education aspect that we've all been talking about how important it is to educate landowners and farmers and ranchers about the practices that they can be using for carbon farming um and so I'm looking at the North Coast Soil Hub right now. Uh, it's a great website. I actually, this is the first time I've been on this website. It's soilhub.org. And um, this fourth annual so- North Coast Soil Hub's Soil Health Symposium is coming up. So this is going to be a virtual symposium this year, of course, and it'll be March 11th and 12th um, from 8.30 a.m. to 12 p.m. So the mornings of March 11th and 12th, the Soil Health Symposium is going to bring together growers land land and vineyard managers scientists agency representatives and others to provide an overview of soil health in our region and topics will include potential ch- climate change impacts and solutions cutting-edge practices and the latest data from the field um so katie's playing a big role in this soil health symposium and i imagine i've even seen in the list of speakers that some of these speakers are landowners who have conservation easements themselves, like Paul Dolan we mentioned um, earlier in the show, and so this is going to be a great opportunity for landowners and farmers to learn more about climate change and soil health. Um, Katie, can you talk to us about what each day will what each day will focus on?
3: Sure. Yeah, I just also like to mention that this is. Um, a great partnership with some of the other um, RCDs in our North Coast region. We're working with um, Sonoma RCD, Napa RCD, and Goldridge RCD, which is, uh, Sonoma RCD and Goldridge RCD kind of split Sonoma County and and shared uh, responsibility for conserving lands there. But um, we are focusing the first day on kind of the bigger picture of, of climate change and soil health and we have some great speakers talking about um more of the the climate change impacts on our agricultural systems and this is not just um in our region but uh, we have a speaker from oregon um dr greg jones who's a climate scientist and then we have um greg pennyroyal from down more in southern california coast um, <clears throat> and so we're we're really trying to bring together a wider range of people take advantage of, of this virtual space that we have. And then we'll um, kind of finish off the day with a panel discussion of some growers. Uh, We're going to have Stuart Buley from up in Laytonville, Alder Springs Vineyard on that panel, uh, uh, talking about their, um, managing vineyards under the vine which is not a normal topic <laughs> or not not as common of a topic so they're they're doing some interesting experimenting with, with how to manage under the vine and still incorporate um, climate beneficial practices so um, that's kind of an overview of the day one day two um, getting even deeper uh, we're calling it shop talk soil health in the field um, really diving into some of these specific, management practices and um, what that might look like for your soil health. So we'll have some conversations about grazing um, in the vineyards and in managed landscapes. So, uh, Ruthie, I know you mentioned that you're starting to, to get into that yourself. Um, and then we are going to talk about the soil biome. Um, Dr. Christina Lascano from UC Davis will be speaking to us about that. And then we're, we'll have another panel discussion and that's where Paul Dolan will, will pop in um, talking about how all of all this focus on on soil health and, and sustainability factors into the marketing and economics of, of products and wine grapes and, and other agricultural products. Um, it's going to be uh, pretty well-rounded, I think, and we're really excited to, to bring together a much wider audience and um, panelists for, for this
0: symposium. Nice. Thank you. So I already mentioned the website there, but it's soilhub.org. And I'm just browsing through it because like I said, this is my first time on this website. There's a great uh, resources page um, and maps and and videos, fact sheets, tools. So uh, it's a great website. I highly recommend our listeners to check it out and um, registration for that workshop, the symposium that we just mentioned is on that, um is on that website as well. So um for closing out here, I do wanna um I do wanna just once again thank our our three guests today. We've been speaking with Alan Nicholson, Barbara Goodell and Katie Brandt. And um and I'd like to ask you each in just a just a minute or two to tell me why it I mean Barbara and Alan, you both have been dedicating decades of your years to this work. So I'd love to hear from you both why it is that you care so deeply about land conservation. And um, we'll start with Barbara. Okay.
2: Um, And and I also want to leave time for mentioning the conservation easement webinars and the williamson act webinars that the uh salt group has been presenting will we have time to do that or should i do that now? Uh,
0: you know i actually did that during our break while i was um oh, oh, I switching you guys over yeah no I, I announced the two workshops february 10th and 24th on the williamson act oh, great. Um, yep
2: okay so um i guess my passion originated with water actually um in anderson valley and i was on the community services district and there were people who wanted to um, establish a water system and so i worked on that and i realized that it's a really finite well obviously a finite resource and so the more people there are and the more agriculture there is obviously the more water we would use and especially with the drought coming on it seems like we have to be really careful about how we use our land and that development, obviously, is going to be using more water. So planned development through conservation easement seemed to be a really good thing. And uh, so we started the Anderson Valley Land Trust. And uh, it, it, over the 30 years that we've been here, we have, um, we've protected a lot of land, and it feels good.
0: Thanks, Barbara and Alan. In just just a minute, can you tell us why why it is that you do this work?
1: Um, my background is architecture and uh, land use planning. Uh, having grown up in the Bay Area, uh, after I moved to Mendocino County in 1977, uh, I felt isolated and uh, uh, with no connection to the uh, rural lifestyle that people held here uh, and I saw that in the Bay Area and the land south of us, uh, unparalleled growth that uh, uh, I was reacting to and I saw how, how uh, precious our agricultural open space, uh, forest and ranch lands are here. So I, I became interested in uh, how land was developed here and uh, took on a more and more uh, philosophical conservation uh, attitude toward land, whereas as an architect, um, uh, the emphasis is on taking advantage of uh, underutilized uh, economic opportunities and uh, developing those. So uh, my my interest has uh, blossomed and I have been involved in uh, development where uh, uh, mitigation fees had to be used for uh, developers wanted to develop their property. The county imposed mitigation fees, and I worked with the county to uh, utilize those and turn those around to seed conservation.